1 Peter 1, 7. He says that the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Everybody say, the trial of your faith. Say it again, think about it. The trial of your faith. One more time. The trial of your faith. All this week we've been talking about the trial of your faith. Amen. My subtitle for this series is How to Come Out Shining. Amen. Do you understand that it's evidence from this and other scriptures that your faith and my faith is going to be tried? That word tried means proven, tested. Your and my faith is going to be tested, tried, proven. And now the enemy's objective in the trial of your faith is that you be stripped of your faith and that you wind up disapproved. But God's will is that you come out with your faith approved. Amen? And that actually your faith becomes stronger and more precious through the process. Can you say amen? Do you understand, as we said before, that your faith is very precious? He uses this word, precious. This is the same word he uses when he talks about the precious blood of Jesus. Amen. Precious. What is precious to God? You know, down here on earth, things are precious. Jewels are precious. Silver and gold is precious. Money is precious. Possessions are precious. But what is precious to God? What's precious in His sight? Among other things, our faith is precious to Him. You think of other verses where He said that without faith, it's impossible to please God. But with faith, you can please Him, can't you? Faith pleases God. Faith is valuable to God. When God sees faith in the heart of an individual that pleases Him, He looks at that faith and He values it. He esteems it. It's important to Him. It's valuable to Him. It's precious to Him. Well, if it's precious to Him, it ought to be precious to us. And... If you understand that your faith is precious and valuable to God, you'll understand that by means of that faith, you are an overcomer, you're more than a conqueror, and who are you overcoming and who are you being more than a conqueror than? The devil, the enemy, his devices. So you understand that your faith is precious to God, but your faith is a threat to the enemy, and therefore a target. And the enemy, whether you realize it or not, has targeted your faith. And he works, as we said, in life to cause situations to come about, to cause pressure to come on you, uh, to cause tribulations, trials, tests, what have you. And uh, he wants that by the time you get through these situations, he wants you to be completely stripped of your faith. 
And there will be concoctions and arrangements of his that are what I called faith strippers. And he's designed it so that by the time you get through that ordeal, you have, you have absolutely no faith. You have cast your confidence away. You've lost confidence in God's word. You've lost confidence in God and you just are despairing. No hope, no faith, no joy, no peace. And like we said, there's nothing more pathetic and pitiful in the world than a completely faithless individual. But, as we said, it doesn't have to turn out that way. Instead of coming out faithless, we can come out with our faith having gone through the fire and like gold been refined and shining all the brighter and shouting all the louder. Amen? And rooted in the Word all the deeper. And we can come out shining brighter and faith stronger instead of being stripped. It's up to us. The final decision is in our hands. Amen. Do you understand that whether we come out with stronger faith, more shining, or we come out with no faith, depressed, that's not up to God, and that's not up to the devil. The devil is doing some things against us, and God will help us, but the decision is ours. It's up to us how we come out. Now, we've been teaching on this since Monday. This is our fourth and final session, I guess, on this, on this particular series, unless the Lord leads us otherwise. And really, to get the most out of this, you need to hear what went before it. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And tapes are available. But, uh, and I don't say that because I get a bunch of money out of the tapes. The money goes right into the school, all right? So, you know, I'm not trying to sell tapes, just... Uh, but if you want to get the most out of it, you know, you weren't here, then we taught on it those days. But uh, uh, we, the first thing we talked about, of course, is that there is a trial of your faith. And then we went on to talk about the fact uh, of different ways that the enemy will work to steal your faith. Different specific areas. And we went back over to Genesis and saw the first faith stripper that the enemy had devised and was allowed. And uh, we saw how he worked to rob Adam and Eve of their faith. And uh, we saw that one thing that the enemy will do to steal your faith is he will endeavor to undermine your foundation of God's Word. He will challenge you about what God said to you. And then if you understand what God said to you, he will endeavor to uh, remove you from the simple simplicity of it. We saw over in 2 Corinthians 11 how that, he, how that he said, you know, I'm afraid, I'm concerned about you, lest that uh, just like the, the enemy through his subtlety uh, deceived Eve so that your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that's in Christ. When you see light, it excites you. It gives you joy. Amen. And your faith rises up when you see and hear the word of God, but the enemy will come immediately. And he'll lie to you and he'll tell you, no, no, that's not right. What you're so excited about, no, you're wrong. That's not for you. That's passed away. That's just for the Jews. Whatever. That's not for this dispensation. Yeah, but you don't qualify. Yeah, but this. Yeah, but that. And he will come. He'll reason with you. He'll try to rationalize with you. He'll lie to you. He'll try to get God's word away from you some way. 
And if he can do that, then he's effectively robbed you of your faith because your faith's based on the word. Also, we saw that he will, he will attack God's character. That he tried to cast a shadow on God's character there with Adam and Eve and suggesting to them that God had lied, God was deceptive, God's not faithful, you can't count on him, you can't be sure what he meant. And so the enemy will come to you and he'll, he'll ask you questions. Well, why, why did God do this? Why didn't the Lord do this? Why hasn't this already happened? What about this? What about what happened with so-and-so? What about this one or that one? And he's trying to get you to doubt God's character and God's dependability, God's faithfulness. And we talked about one of the greatest, uh, one of the greatest tests and trials of faith is when you don't know why. Amen. And there will be situations in life where you don't know why. And we talked about the fact that there are some sad cases, sad cases of people that used to teach and believe that it's God's will to heal all. Used to teach and believe that it's God's will to work miracles and do what He's always done. But because they prayed for somebody and they didn't make it, or they tried to stand with somebody and it didn't turn out right, then when things didn't work out the way they had thought that they would and were trying to believe that they would, then they go, why? I don't understand. And sometimes in those cases, those faith strippers, they lose their faith, they quit preaching the truth, they back off of things that they had because they don't know why. But friend, you may not know why, but you know that God is good. And you know that He's faithful. Amen? And you know that He's fair and He's just. And just knowing those basic things will get you through some tough times and some pressure times of some of these faith strippers. Amen? And if you'll just hold on to your faith in God, God will prove that you were right to trust Him. He'll prove it to you. He'll demonstrate it to you. It'll come to pass that you'll see that you are not made ashamed in trusting God. We also said that uh, a third area, the third thing that we need to look at in how that the enemy will try to rob you of your faith is that he will emphasize and try to pull you to look and feel and walk by sight. He will emphasize the walking, the walking by sight. He'll try to get you to look at what's going on, feel things, and, and then, you know, because that contradicts what God has told you, get your faith away like that. We talked about different illustrations of that. That's an important area. But finally, fourthly and finally today, this is an area that's very important that we need to look at. And it's one of the enemy's favorite techniques and one of his most successful strategies in stripping people of their faith. And that is that the devil will work to wear you down and wear you out. All right? Many a person has started out good. They started out zealous. They started out with some faith in their heart. They took off on the, 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 the race that we're running with a bang. I mean, when, the, uh, when they started off, of, they came and down the straightaway they went. But as hours turned into days, days turned into weeks, weeks turned into months, months turned into years, they're out in the middle of they don't know where. Their, their, their shoes are feeling raggedy. And they're thirsty and dry and the sun's beating down on their head. Many a soul has given up their faith. 
You understand? He talked about it over there in the parable of the sower where he talked about the individual in what he called the stony ground. That that individual received the word with joy and was glad. But then they didn't endure but just for a little while. Because by and by when tribulation, persecution, affliction arose because of the word's sake, they were offended, they gave up, they quit. How many know you've got to go all the way with your faith? It's not a matter that you just start and you hit it real hard for a while. You've got to go all the way. The scripture said, through faith and patience, you'll inherit the promises. Notice with me over in James, the first chapter. You're familiar with uh, so many of these, but uh, let's look at them again. James, chapter 1. James 1. Verse 2, James 1, 2. He said, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers temptations. Temptations. Knowing this, that what? The trying of your faith. So your faith's going to be tried. And this is talking about the same thing that Peter was talking about. Trial of your faith. Trying of your faith, the trying of your faith worketh patience. It works it. How many know that's true? (laughs) It exercises it. Now, it'll help you to understand what patience is here. The Greek word that's translated patience literally means endurance. Endurance our constancy, our steadfastness. The trying of your faith works patience. But, he went on to say, let patience have her perfect work that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Go back to Galatians, the sixth chapter. Galatians chapter six. You're not asleep today, are you? Pay attention. This is important. One of the most important things we've said to you about this theme so far. Galatians 6, verse 9. 6, 9. Galatians. And let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season we shall reap if... We faint not. Now, if we had the time and I was so inclined, felt led, we could show you verse after verse after verse after verse after verse in the New Testament that sounds very similar to this. Remember Hebrews? Hebrews 3.14 says, For you are made partakers of Christ if you hold the beginning of your confidence steadfast to the end. Got to hold it steadfast to the end. 4.14 Seeing then that we have a great high priest that's passed into the heavens, Jesus, you know, let us hold fast to our confession of faith. You got to hold on. Over in Hebrews 10, 35, 36 along in there, what did he say? Cast not away your confidence. Why? Because you have need of patience that after you've done the will of God, you may inherit the promise. 
Amen. Again and again. Through, I'm talking about not, not even including Old Testament scriptures. There's many of them. Just New Testament. There's verse after verse that exhorts you. Hold on. Don't quit. Stay steady. Don't get weary. Don't give up. Those thoughts come across again and again and again and again. Hold on. Amen. Hold on to your faith. What does Ephesians say? Having done all to stand, keep standing. Amen. Somebody say, well, how long do I stand? As long as it takes. How long do I keep believing? Until you see it. Until you feel it. Until it happens in this natural realm. Amen. Amen. You believe God's heard your prayer. You believe that you've received. But now what? You're expecting to see it in this realm. You're expecting to feel it. How long do you expect? How long do you hold on? Until. I said until. Ever how long? But as the clock ticks and the days pass and you tear pages off the calendar. Your faith is tried. Isn't it? <laughs> Time tries faith. The passage of it I'm talking about. As time passes and you don't see what you've been believing for. You don't feel it. Sometimes circumstances... Not only do they not get better, they get worse. What's happening? Your faith is being tested. Your faith is being tried. And now how are you going to come out? Are you going to throw up your hands? Are you going to say that it's been long enough? I don't know what's going on, but it didn't work. I don't know. I don't know, but I'm tired of this. Are you going to hold your ground? Are you going to keep believing? Are you going to keep saying the word? Are you going to keep thanking God for answering your prayer? And just keep going on. One step in front of the other. Keep getting up another morning and another day. Keep going on until you run into the blessing. And until it happens, until it's there, until it's you're looking at it, you're feeling it, it's in your hand, you're experiencing it. And you're saying, oh, I'm so glad I didn't quit. Oh, I'm so glad I didn't quit. Oh, I, I thought about quitting. Oh, I felt like quitting. Oh, other people said you ought to quit. Oh, the devil told me every hour I ought to quit. But oh, I'm so glad I didn't quit. I'm so glad. I'm so glad. I'm so glad I went all the way. Oh, friend. This is one of the biggies here. How many folks started out pretty good? They were in a service. They heard a good message. They got stirred up. They released their faith. They made their confession. They prayed the prayer. But as time passed, they lost their vision. They lost their focus. They lost their faith. And so nothing ever came. Of it, nothing ever happened. I want you to notice with me over in Psalms. Go to Psalm 105. 
I'm believing God today for this to get in your spirit so strong that you'll never forget it. You'll never forget it. Psalm 105. Verse 17. Psalm 105, verse 17. He, talking about the Lord, sent a man before them. Talking about he sent a man before Jacob and the seed of Abraham. Even Joseph. He sent Joseph before him to Egypt, you see. Who was sold for a servant. Whose feet they hurt with fetters. He was laid in iron. Until. Everybody say until. Until. until how long are you supposed to bleed? Until. Until. The time that his word came, the word of the Lord tried him. Tried him. We're talking about the trial of your faith, aren't we? Look at that phrase again. Until the time that the word came, or we could say the word came to pass, the word of the Lord tried him. He was tried. He was tried. You ever heard people say, well, you know, well, I tried that. Hmm? I have. Talking about healing. Talking about faith. Talking about Mark 11, 23 and 24. I had a lady uh, throw, throw a Bible up on the podium one time after I got through speaking and pointed to James 5, 14 and 15 where it talks about the elders laying hands and, and uh, excuse me, the elders anointing with oil and prayer of faith will save the sick. She said, why doesn't that work? We tried that. It didn't work. You know that's not really the correct way to say it? You know what the correct way to say it is? The Word tried them. And they failed. Amen. Folks said, well, I tried that. It didn't work. You just told me. It tried you and you quit. The word of the Lord tried you. You were, you were on trial as to how long you'd hold on, as to whether you would quit or not, and you didn't pass the test. You failed the test. You allowed the enemy through his works to rob you and strip you of your faith. You gave up. You quit. You cast away your confidence. You failed the test. How many know the word has never failed? And that's, see, that's what folks try to say, though, sometimes. Well, I tried that. You tried what? Well, that, that word, that verse, that, that they'll say, I tried that, and it didn't work. You're telling me the word failed. Not a chance. Not a chance. You failed. You failed to believe. You failed to believe long enough. You failed to stay steadfast. You failed to hold on. The word didn't fail. Are you with me? Oh, there are folk around. They'll say, well, now, now, we, we did that. We tried that, and it didn't work. I can't accept that. Now, you know, folk try stuff that's not the Word, and that doesn't work. But I'm talking about if it's actually the Bible, if it's what God said do, and you think you did it, and it didn't work, I can't accept that. 
Because God does not fail. His Word does not fail. There's no such thing as you trying the Word and the Word not working. The Word tried you. And you failed the test. The Word does not fail the test. Again and again, the Bible talks about God's Word is refined. Many times over, purified. It's sure. It's solid. It has no weak places in it. I mean, you can be, it's the foundation of your faith. You can build your life on it. And it will never move. It will never crack. It'll never crumble. Remember, he talked about the man that dig deep and laid his foundation on the rock and the winds rose, the rain beat against him and it stood firm. Nothing could shake it. Hallelujah. But this is talking about Joseph. And Joseph is a great example of what we're talking about today. Because until the time that his word, that the word that God gave him came to pass, he was tested. His faith in the word that God gave him was tested. Boy, was it tested. And it was tested for a period of time. As a boy, Joseph was the apple of his daddy's eye. His daddy got him a many-colored coat. One translation says it was ornamented. It was, it was sharp. It was nice. And all of his brothers, it was obvious to them that their daddy loved Joseph more than he did them. More than he did them. And so that made them insanely jealous. And then to top it all off, here he comes one day and says, I had a dream. Just a teenage boy probably. I had a dream. Of course, they didn't want to hear it, but he's going to tell them anyway. In my dream, I saw these symbolic representations of his brothers and then later on even his mother and dad bowing down before him. And that made them insanely mad. Even his mom and dad rebuked him. His dad said, Shall I and your mother bow down before you? You know? And this was a word and a revelation that God gave him. Isn't that right? I mean, he, it was really from God. It wasn't just, you know, some dream he had. It was really from God. But not long after that, through the hatred, his brothers sold him as a slave. The Bible said they hurt his feet with those fetters. He endured hardship. You understand, it was not easy on him. And he had been daddy's pampered boy. They tore that robe off of him. Next thing he knew, he's fallen some caravan with chains that are hardly, you know, that he's hardly able to drag around. His ankles are cut. They get swollen. He's treated like a, uh, like a, you know, animal, like livestock. He's carried up on, on the auction. He's sold to somebody he has no idea who they are. This is Egypt. This is a different country, different, different area, different customs. He's just a boy. Boy, it could sure seem like those dreams were not from God. And then as year passed and year passed and year passed, it would seem like, how could it ever be that a slave would be in a position to rule? That thing that God put in his heart was tried. Time tried it. And then it looked like things were going pretty good, especially, you know, the Bible said he was a prosperous man. And for, for a slave to be prosperous, that's really something God has moved in his life. But then Potiphar's wife lied on him 
accused him of all kind of things. Next thing he knows, he's in the dungeon. And I guarantee you, the devil was sitting on his shoulder saying, what about that dream? Huh? Oh, yeah. Folk bowing down to you. Yeah, they're really bowing down. They might have to bow down to look through the crack to see where you are in this dungeon down here. Do you understand what it said? He was tried. You know, we can't possibly express in just a few moments the things he endured for all these years. You know? The enemy would tell him, man, you know, you're, everybody's forgot about you. Your daddy probably thinks you're dead. Nobody's looking for you. Nobody cares. Your brothers don't care. They're not going to change. They're not going to do anything. You'll rot in this, in this jail cell. You'll rot right here. You'll die right here. But I know Joseph didn't believe that. I know he didn't. When those thoughts would come like they would come to anybody in those situations, I know he didn't believe it because of the way he handled himself. When he was sold into slavery, if he'd have believed those lies and had no faith, he would just lay down and quit. You understand? But he had to have faith because he, he was diligent. I mean, he, t- he turned Potiphar's business around and, and took care of everything so much that he just finally turned everything over to him. He was so diligent and so effective. You won't be like that unless you have faith. If you don't think there's any hope, if you don't think, if you just think there's nothing for you, you'll just quit. You won't try. And even after he was thrown into jail, the next thing we know, he's running the jail. Amen. I know he didn't let those lies get to him. I know he didn't turn loose of his dream because he had faith. Faith that would get him up in a musty, stinking jail cell. Do you understand? He would get up. He would stir himself up. He's in charge of things. When he went into Pharaoh's baker and butler and they had a dream and were sad, one of the first things he says to them, why are y'all so sad today? They could have said, well, if you hadn't noticed, we're in a dungeon. Joseph had joy even in a jail cell. He he was pert. he, He was up. Slavery and servitude couldn't get his faith out of him. The dungeon couldn't get the faith out of him. Amen. The passage of time, year after year, couldn't get the faith out of him. Inside his heart, he held on to the dream God gave him. Inside of his heart, he held on to it. He could see it. Though it was many years ago as a boy in another land, he hadn't forgot it. He could see it. And one day, in just a matter of hours, Pharaoh called for him. He was cleaned up. He got new clothes. He stood before him. God gave the interpretation of a dream. And the next thing he know, he's the second ruler over the whole nation of Egypt. Just like that. In a, you know, in a few years, when the famine came that, that, that he interpreted about the dream, his brothers came to buy food. They didn't know who he was. He's the man you've got to see to buy the food. You see, he's the man in charge. They all came, bowed down in front of him. Boy, it was a long time coming. And it was a hard road to it. But he never lost his faith. You understand? He never lost his faith. Again and again and again, you'll see 
when people had faith, and you see accounts in the Word of God, where God would tell somebody something, and their faith would rise, and they'd be overjoyed about it. But then they'd have to hold on to that sometimes. When it looked like it wasn't going to happen, they'd hold on to it. Sometimes year after year, depending on what you're talking about. But if they'd hold on and wouldn't turn loose, it would always come to pass. God told Abraham he's going to give him a son. His name was Abram at that time. Abram believed that. And that's why he's in the book. Amen. Amen. Just because God took him out one, one, one time outside and said, look up. See all those stars? Can you count them? No. Can you count the sand on the seashore? No. He said, your seed, your descendants are going to be that numerous. Here's a man whose wife couldn't even get pregnant. Are you listening? And you know what Abraham did with that? He, big old smile came across his face and he said, I believe that. Thank you, Lord. As numerous as the stars in the sky, as numerous as the, the sand on the seashore, thank you, Lord. Thank you. And that made such an impression on God until he, he talks about him all through the Bible. He does. Calls him my buddy. My friend. God does. Tells us, do like Abraham, your father. Walk in his steps. Act like he did. Holds him up as a universal example of faith for all generations, for all nations. This thing called faith, so precious to God. When he can find it in a human heart, it blesses him. It blesses him. And so, the same is true with you and I. God will speak to us. He'll tell us things in the Word. When the revelation of His truth comes, we'll be excited. It'll stir us up. And we must lay hold of it with our faith. But you must understand that you may not see it the next hour. And you may not see it the next day. And depending on what you're talking about, you may not see it the next year. Now, if you're talking about things like healing, then there shouldn't be a long, long length of time involved in that. Sometimes if you're talking about some things financially, ministerially, there's more time involved in some things. There are different variable factors. But the principle is the same, that if you're going to believe God, you have to believe God until. All right? Until. How many folk got started off good? They were in a service like this. They had hands laid on them. And they, they got in faith. They're believing pretty good. But then when the symptoms weren't all gone in a few hours, they cast their confidence away. And they quit believing. Let me warn you about something in your faith walk and in believing and receiving from God. Beware of setting time frames. You understand? Well, this is going to happen by such and such time. But I just believe that all my symptoms are going to be gone by tomorrow afternoon. But I just believe that, that, that this money is going to be here by 3 o'clock. But I just believe that this is going to happen by such and such. I said beware of that. 
because it can be a subtle ploy of the enemy to, to jerk the rug out from under you if it doesn't happen on that specific time. Because did the Lord tell you to say that? Did He tell you that it was going to happen at such and such time? Or is that just something you're saying? See, that's part of faith. That's part of faith is that you don't know how and you don't know when. But you believe. Amen. Amen. Somebody say, well, I need something by this certain time. Well, God knows that. Well, this bill is due on the third. He knows that. Amen. But one of the acid tests of faith is if the third is here. And you don't see it. <laughs> then you can feel pressure on your faith. Your faith's being tried. Your faith's being tested. And the devil's screaming, where is it at? Where is it at? Where is it at? And what if the third passed and it's not there? Some of these are the real trials of faith. What do you do? <laughs> Hold on. Amen. Hold on. You know, I've told this before, but it, it'll bear repetition. My wife and I learned this lesson early on in our walking with the Lord and learning how to walk by faith. Well, I say early on, it took us a few years to get it, but it happened early on. It took us a few years to understand what had happened. Let me say it like that. Uh, when we first began to learn that God would bless you and meet your needs, First, just first beginning, just first learning, heard some good tapes, you know. Just first beginning to learn some things. Then uh, we, we said, well, praise God, you know, God will meet our needs. Let's play for some things. Let's get in faith about some things. And so we, we needed some things, some things paid, and we needed some specific basic necessities that we, we, we was going to pray for. And then also we needed a car. And so we thought, well, hey, you know, God's a big God. He can do anything. Let's just believe God for a new car. And while we're at it, let's get a good one. <laughs> and so we looked around a little bit, and we decided that we liked the, the Buick Riviera. That's what we liked. You know, of course, you know, whatever you like. But right then, that's what we liked. We, we saw the Buick Riviera. We liked it. My wife especially liked it, and so I thought, well, that's fine with me. Because <laughs> I, I, I always had, you know, other kinds of cars, but, but, you know, we were specifically wanting that kind of transportation, and so well, I said, yeah, that's good, that's good, let's, let's believe for, for that. Brand new Buick Riviera, that's what we believe for. Well, now you got to understand, this is this many years ago. And... uh uh, we, uh, I said, well, now let's don't just rush into this. I said, let's, uh, let's meditate on it for, for a few weeks. And then we'll, you know, get our faith built up and then we'll release our faith. We'll pray the prayer of agreement. So, time came around. And so we, we took hands. According to Matthew, we prayed the prayer of agreement. If any two of you agrees, touching anything they'll ask, it'll be done for them with my Father, which is in heaven. So, we asked for those things, for these certain things we needed, for the certain necessities for this new car, for some other things. Then we said, we believe we receive. We agree in the name of the Lord Jesus. 
Thank you for it. Amen. And then I stuck this on there. I said, and we believe we receive it by such and such date, which is about a month from there. I said, well, a month would be long enough, you know. <laughs> now, you're laughing, but you've done, you've done things maybe worse. All right? Anyway, you know, the days went by. Every time we thought about it, we said, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for this. Thank you, Lord, for that. Thank you for the new car. Thank you for the other. We're in faith. Glory to God. We're expecting. Days went by. Finally, that last day came. Boy, I got up that morning expecting. Went to work expecting. Every time the phone would ring, I'd say, up, oh, up, oh, that may be it. And then it wasn't for me, you see. So. Phone would ring again later. Up, oh, up, oh, maybe that's it. Got something in the mail. I thought, oh, wonder what this is. Wonder what this is. I'm expecting. Well, all day long, didn't see anything. Didn't hear anything. Went back home that night. You know, she hadn't, my wife hadn't seen or heard anything in her job. So. We ate. Eight o'clock came. Nine o'clock came. I thought, whoa, you know, it's getting late. But don't quit, though. Don't, hold on, hold on. Eleven o'clock came. Eleven fifty-five. one. And our feathers fell. We didn't even want to talk about it, you know. We just thought, well, hmm. No car. No things. <laughs> we, we didn't even talk about it. We just went to bed. And the next day I was thinking, well, I, you know, that didn't work. Well, but I tell you, and this comes back to some things that, that we've already said to you. Thank God the Lord graced me enough to have enough sense to not get mad at Him and blame Him and falsely accuse Him. You understand? Remember I talked to you about how the devil will try to cast a shadow on God's character. Now, now see, you did what He told you to do and He didn't come through for you. You can't depend on that. You can't be sure of this. This doesn't work for everybody. All that kind of stuff. No, thank God. Thank God the Lord graced me enough to have more sense than that. I just said, well, Lord, apparently there's some things here we don't understand. Uh, help me. Teach me. But I know, I know you didn't fail me. I believe that. Now, see, that's faith. I, I'm confident you didn't let me down. I don't know what happened here, but you didn't let me down. Amen. So I, I said that that just that those basic elements of faith will get you through some tough places in life. It'll get you on to the next point, Amen. So that you can go on with God. Well, the Lord helped us. We uh, within two years we paid off the little mobile home we had. We got a used car that was pretty good. We got some things, uh, you know, uh, got us some extra clothes, and within just a few years after that, he had us here at Rama. Now I'm in Bible school. One day out here, while we're out here, I was in first year, Raymond. I was praying at home one time. And I'd been, of course, been in faith library, learning about faith. Been in healing school, learning about faith and different things. And, and I was praying and I said, now Lord, 
you, I need some help here. Because you see, even with everything I've heard about faith, I thought I was in faith back there on that day. And see, if I wasn't in faith, you need to help me. I need to be taught. Because I, I got some wrong thinking here. I really need to make some changes because I thought I was in faith. And as far as I could see, still looks to me like I was in faith. And yet it didn't work. And so I'm kind of in a quandary. Can you see what I'm saying? I, I'm thinking, well, Lord, what's the deal? And the Lord spoke to my heart. I don't mean I heard a voice now, but inside me I knew distinctly what he was saying to me. And I'll relay it to you as I understand. He, he said to me, he said, yes. He said, you were in faith. In fact, you and your wife were doing real well for where you were at. See, to be as young as you were, not to know any more than you did, you were doing real well. You were in faith. You were in faith that day. Of course, you know what my next question is then. <laughs> well, if we were in faith, then why didn't it work? Why didn't it work? And the Lord said something to me that helped me and helps me to this day. He said, you were in faith until 1201. He said, I didn't tell you to set a date. I didn't tell you to set a time. And then why did you let a little mechanism with springs and hands click a couple of times and then you decide my word's not true anymore? He said, you were in faith. You were in faith until then. And then you cast your confidence away. You quit. You gave up. Well, man, I was kicking myself. I was thinking, dummy, dummy, dummy. What'd you do that for? Man, that would have helped you so much if you'd have just stayed hooked and received. It would have best got you off to a better start than what you had if you just wouldn't have quit. Why'd you quit? Boy, I was kicking myself. And the Lord prompted me again in my heart to speak to me. And He said, it's not too late. And I thought, man, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm getting, getting a lesson this day. You understand? I, I thought, well, I mean, it's not too late. Man, that, that was several years ago. That's already long gone. He said, it's not too late. I thought, it's not too late. He said, go back and pick it up. And I got it. I got it in my heart what he was talking to me about, what he was saying to me. Just like you were expecting that to come to pass that day, Start expecting that again, just like you were on that day. This time, don't set any dates. Just keep expecting until. Amen. So I went and told my wife. I said, do you remember, you know, several years ago, we were going to believe God for that new car and, some, you know, different things. Uh, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I said, the Lord told me to go back and pick that up. That we could pick that up. And she got what, what the Lord was saying to us too. And so we got back in faith. We started expecting that. Amen. Now we didn't necessarily even think about it every day, but every time we would think about it, thank you Lord for that. We're expecting it. We're in faith. Days passed. Months passed. Years passed. Everybody say years. Years. <laughs> And our faith was tried. How I many know when time passes, boy, the enemy will come by and he'll say, why are you doing this? This is obviously not working. Do you know how long it's been? 
Do you realize this? Do you realize that? But see, these are things that are designed to strip off your faith and rob you of your faith. You've got to grab a hold of it and hold on to it. So we just did. Years passed. Finally, this was this was like, you know, I don't know, a couple of three years after this prayer I was talking about when the Lord spoke to me, which had been maybe like three years after the incident. So this is several years down the road. Total it all together. One day my wife came in from her job. She said, uh, she said, a man talked to me today. I said, yeah. She said, he told me that he felt impressed to buy us a car. <laughs> I said, I said, what kind of car? She said, he said, uh, whatever kind you want. I said, for real? She said, yeah. Cause you know, people say things sometimes they can't. I've, I've had people tell me they're going to do things for me and they couldn't do it. They didn't, they didn't have the wherewithal. I said, this, this guy can do it. She said, oh yeah, yeah, he can do it. I said, well, when? What, what did he say? <laughs> yeah, now what would you say? Alright? What would you say? I said, when? He said, well, right now. Now. You pick it out. I said, well. You want to go car shopping? <laughs> we, you know, we checked it out. I, I don't mean it's something, you know, we checked it out. Checked it out in our hearts and everything. It was right. It was right. So we did. We went around, looked at two or three different cars. We went by this one place, and there was this car in the showroom. It was, you know, one of their best cars, I guess. They had it right there in the middle of the showroom floor. And we looked at it. She really liked it. And went, went around and looked at some others, and finally we were looking at another, and she said, you know, that, that car over in the showroom, that's the one I like. Ah, that, that's it. That, that, that's really what I like. And it was a Buick Riviera. And she's had it for several years now. Amen. Amen. But do you understand what I'm saying? That you've got to beware about setting times. Setting times. Just recently, we had some particular debts that we wanted to pay off for believing God about. And about three years ago, we agreed, she and I agreed, we're going to believe God to pay this off. We need to pay this off. We need to get on this. We need to pay this off. We're going to believe God. Days passed. Weeks passed. Months passed. A year passed. What's happening? Our faith is being tried. Is that right? Two years passed. Three years passed. Everybody say three years. three years. And then one day. It doesn't take long. It doesn't take long. One day. One conversation. Thousands of dollars are paid. Glory to God. Sure makes you glad you didn't quit. Sure makes you glad you didn't quit. Hallelujah. Glory! Your faith will be tried. I said your faith will be tried. And the same principle exactly is true in the area of healing. Now, I don't mean to imply, and I want you to understand, I don't mean to imply or suggest that you should expect years to pass without your symptoms changing, alright? Because I'm talking about in the area of finances, and in some of these things you have other people involved, other things involved, there's more involved. If it's healing, it's just between you and God. His power heals your body. All right? And it's God's will for you to be healed right now. 
But the enemy will try to resist you on any blessing that you get from God. And he'll try to get you to cast your confidence away. And many a time, uh, we, we, when we believe we receive, we must walk by faith. And the symptoms may look just exactly like they did before we prayed or before we tried to release our faith or before we made the confession. Sometimes hours pass. Sometimes days pass. Sometimes weeks pass. You understand? And it doesn't look like it's working, but you gotta hold on to your faith. I said, you gotta hold on to your faith. We had a few years ago, we had a woman came and she had cancer of the spine. And the doctors had told her, you know, there's nothing, nothing much they could do for her. Terrible situation. She stayed with us a couple of weeks. We ministered to her, the word, laid hands on her, prayed with her. And she left. Well, they told her that she'd probably, you know, uh, just, just a few months life expectancy. And after about a year or so, we got a letter from her. Well, that's good news. Amen. To get a letter after a year, you know she's she's around. And uh, she said, you know, when I left, I felt no better. But she said, I got a hold of something while I was there. Got a hold of faith. Got a hold of the Word of God. That God's Word is my medicine. And she said that uh, uh, several weeks after I was home, she said, I got worse. I got worse. So you can't walk by sight. You can't walk by feeling. Your faith's in what God told you. Amen. And I'm not telling you to expect that. You understand what I'm saying? I'm just telling you, you need to be prepared though for anything. You need to be prepared for whatever comes and you need to be prepared to stand as long as need be. You've got to have that resolve. You've got to have that kind of commitment to it. In fact, I remember Brother Hagin saying when he was just a teenager on the bed, paralyzed, incurable heart disease, deformed, chest cavity, what have you. When he got a hold of faith, he said, he made this statement as a teenager on the bed there paralyzed. He said, if I'm still laying here 50 years from now, I still believe I received my healing. And within a few hours, he was up and healed. But do you see, it takes that kind of commitment to the word. You've got to be committed to it. That I believe this. I don't care what I feel, what I don't feel, how long the time passes. I believe it. It's not a matter that I'm going to try this for a little while and see if anything happens. No, that means the Word's trying you and you'll give up. You'll fail. But you've got to make up your mind. This is what I believe. I'll believe it till I draw my last breath. Amen. Amen. I'll believe it uh, as, long as, I, as long as it takes. I'll believe it. You understand faith is a commitment? Yeah. A complete commitment to what God has told you, to what you know His will to be? It's a commitment. Anyway, she said, you know, I got worse. Got worse. Went back to the doctors. They told me you're, you're, you're in the final stage of this particular disease and cancer. There's nothing can be done. We can give you some things for pain, but that's it. And they just get, you know, prognosis just a few weeks. But she said after eight months, everybody say eight months. Eight months. Her faith was tried, wasn't it? Eight months. She said, I got down to death's door. Just, you know, they expecting you to die just any, any day. Any hour. And she said, but I just kept taking my medicine. God's Word is medicine. I just kept taking my medicine. And these are her words. She said, I got so full of the Word until there was no more room for the cancer. She said, I got so full of faith, you see, there's no more room for the cancer. And I was healed. My symptoms began to change. I began to get stronger and stronger and rose up. Hallelujah. And am healed. And am healed. Oh, praise God. Praise God. 
Thank God. Thank God for instantaneous things. I've seen, I've seen them. I've seen tumors instantly disappear. I've seen things happen with my own eyes and under my own hands. But friend, again and again, we have to endure the trial of faith. And the passage of time is one of the great trials of faith. Your faith will be tried. Your faith will be tested. Go with me, if you would, to uh, uh, Romans, the fifth chapter, and we'll close with these thoughts. Romans 5. Romans chapter 5. Verse 2. Romans 5, 2. He says, By whom, talking about the Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. How do you get into the blessings and grace of God? By faith. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations. Now you've got to have revelation to say that, don't you? <laughs> we glory in tribulations. Why do you glory in tribulations? Knowing that tribulation worketh patience. Now, you know, you know another word for tribulation? This Greek word that's translated tribulation here is pressure. 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 How many know that when you're in tribulation, you get pressure? <laughs> Your faith is pressured. And the devil pressures you to give up. Pressures you to quit. Pressures you to change. Pressures there. But pressure works patience or endurance. The more pressure is on, and you keep resisting it, and you have to resist day after day, and keep resisting that pressure to give up and quit, what happens? You begin to develop endurance. Staying power. Amen? Amen. Do you understand that it takes less faith to believe God for a half a day than it does to believe God for two months? You understand? It takes strength of faith to just go on and on. When it looks like it's getting worse and you just hold on. When it looks like it's way past the time and you just keep holding on. That strains your faith. That pressures your faith. But if you hold on to your faith, man, it's getting stronger under all that pressure. It's being refined. Amen. Amen. It's being proven. Come out shining. Something God will be blessed with. Something that's precious to Him. But He said tribulation or pressure works patience or endurance. And patience, in other words, patience works or causes and results in experience. That same word experience is translated proof. Proof. Glory to God. Man, if you just let patience have her perfect work, you'll wind up with proof. <laughs> you'll wind up with experience. Amen. Amen. Somebody say, oh, you ought to quit. There's no, no need you doing that. Well, no, I'm not quitting. I've heard from God. Ah, oh, yeah, but look how long it's been. Yeah, but I'm not quitting. I'm not quitting. And then you stay with it long enough. God's going to come through. He guaranteed it. His word is sure. His word is true. And then you'll be standing there with proof. 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 I told you I shouldn't quit. I told you. See? See? Proof. Proof. 
See? The wife's driving the car. Proof. The bills are paid. Proof. Proof. My body's healed. Proof. Proof. Amen. See, everybody's wanting the proof first. You understand? But you don't get the proof till you get in faith, till you endure the contradiction, the passage of time, the lies, the deception, the pressure. Then you get the proof. You guys are listening, aren't you? Proof. I like that, don't you? Experience. Proof. Got the goods. Amen. You were in faith about it. Now, here it is. You can look at it. There it is. See it? That's it. Tangible. Touchable. Readable. There's the figures in the account. There they are. Right there. The bank sent those. There they are. Here's my, here's my doctor's report. Right here. See? See? No cancer. Healed. That's it right there. But see, so many folks, they want that right now. They want that and then they're going to believe. That's not the way it works. That's not the way it works. First, the faith. And then you know, you know, you don't like to hear that, but then sometimes tribulation. <laughs> well, is that what he said or not? That's right. And patient endurance of the pressure. And then, and then, and then, the proof, the experience. Do you see why a lot of folk don't get the experience? Why they don't get the proof? See? Somewhere along the line, they give up, they quit, they get weary, cast away their confidence. They say, well, I tried. They believe somebody's excuse, somebody's theory. Well, that may not be for everybody. Uh, You know, maybe this is not for our dispensation. Maybe this, maybe that. Who knows? They get disillusioned. They get confused. And they quit. And so they don't ever see any proof. They never see any results. Because if you quit, you don't see results. And he said, experience works or results in hope. Hope is confident expectation. And hope maketh not ashamed. You have a confident expectation of God, you'll never be ashamed. You'll never be put to shame. We're talking about developing in faith. And do you realize there's more to developing in faith than just sitting and hearing good sermons or reading good books? You do not become strong and highly developed in faith just by hearing tapes and reading books and hearing good messages. That's how you feed your faith. But for faith to develop, it must be worked. It must be exercised. It has to endure the pressure. It has to endure the time. It has to endure the contradiction. And as you hold on, your faith grows and develops and is refined and is polished through those things and it comes out stronger. And every time you go through a thing like that, your faith is stronger and more refined and more pure. You get the junk out of it. All the junky thinking and goofy thinking, you get that pressured out and pushed out through these things until after a while you have proof, 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 proof. And so it gives you expectancy, expectancy, expectancy. 
And every time now that the devil comes and tells you, well, no, I said, that's not going to work. That's not for you. You say, yeah, right. Just like last time. Remember? (laughs) And the time before that. And the time before that. Yeah, right. Right. And so you just get harder and harder to shake. Because you got, you got all these victories under your belt. You just get flat cocky. You know, you just go, ah, you can't shake me. God's moved for me too many times. I've believed God and He's come through too many times. You have this expectancy. And that expectancy will never leave you ashamed. Because God is faithful, always has been, always will be. He'll never let you down. He'll never fail you. And He loves your faith. It's precious to Him. Can you say Amen? Glory to God! This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.